I'm gonna do a little name dropping here. <clears throat> With Zach Bryant, send me that message on Instagram. I'm talking about how much he loved my song. He's like, dude, I'm, I wanna fly you up to Seattle. Come stay with me, let's shoot some videos together. I was like, like, do you realize what's going on? He's like, I've got people sending me hate mail every day. I didn't mean for this to happen. It's like, I just put some videos on Twitter. Did you dip snuff growing up? No. When did you start? No. Uh, starting in college, it was, uh, I was like a vapor, you know? Oh, that was like, yeah, I missed it. And, uh, yeah, I had a buddy that, that used those, and and uh, I think the first time I tried one, uh, it's like in class with him, and put it in my head. Let me see like, him. I've never even actually. Spinning, dude. Are they, uh. But you didn't dip it, you just, but did you smoke cigarettes? No. You just did vape? Just, just did the vape. Did the vape? Do you still vape? No. No. Is it bad for your voice, vaping? Probably. I don't know how to open this. Is it just like a regular? You gotta line up the arrows on the side. What? Dude, they they're great. so complicated? So it's not like a regular snuff can? Zim's. No, but I've, I have friends that'll dip, or that do dip, and they'll put in one of those and spit it out after like two minutes. Dude, I like, feel like too strong for me. I'm like, whoa, what? Yeah, I feel like I'm the person that this is designed for to not open it. <laughs> Am I a child? What do you mean? You got to line up the arrows. See the little arrows it's like on top and bottom. No, I 100% don't see the arrows. This is pathetic. Does it have more nicotine than uh, snuff? I did, dude. I feel like the whole place. So I can't. My bad. Uh, I used to smoke cigarettes. Um, not a ton, but I chewed Red Man too. Oh yeah. If I take one dip of snuff, I'll throw up in five minutes. Really? Yeah. Like I shouldn't do this, but it's just a pouch, huh? Yeah. It's just nicotine powder. It's non-tobacco. I would throw up in five minutes. Doesn't stain your teeth. Doesn't give you cancer. What do you mean? It's a nicotine buzz. It's like non-carcinogenic. That's what it says. So that but it's got nicotine the... in it. Yeah, but I don't know. Does nicotine itself cause cancer, or is it all the other chemicals? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, but yeah. I'm for sure not the guy to ask. Yeah, but fair enough. here's what here's the spiel I'll give you on the nicotine. I think it's bad for your arteries. Really? Yeah, I think it causes artery arterial damage. Well, plaque buildup. We'll see. But that would make <laughs> sense because there's not actually dude, pop one in. To I dude, I'll throw up. I can almost guarantee you can spit it out. Yeah, but once I get the spins, then you're like, yeah, you're right. Okay, well, I'll do one. Just, one. just come on your podcast and so, peer pressure you. Yeah, no, right. Uh, but here's the deal. I could always do loose leaf tobacco. All right, now we got to go through this freaking process again. <laughs> yes. I always used to do loose leaf tobacco, and uh, how, this is unbelievable. Where's the arrow? Dude, okay, there's little notches. Yeah, right there. What? See, on the top and the bottom, little notch. Oh, it's like a big arrow. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was yeah. gonna be. I thought it was gonna be more concealed. Oh, it was too obvious. I just put it in my lower lip, top lip. Top why? Top lip. I don't know. It's just what it says on the can. That's and what everybody decky. does. Upper decky. I didn't eat any lunch either, so. Oh yeah. One of my buddies always sticks it in. Can you swallow? Would you swallow? Yeah, you swallow it. You don't spit. Nope. Huh? It's great. It's all minty. That seems weird. Have you ever done one? You want one? 
I feel, I feel like when everybody I did that, it feels like I looked at, like, in the camera. <laughs> did you ever do one? <laughs> yeah. Zen, hit me up, sponsor yeah, me. Give, here, give him one. Out here spreading the word. Um, hmm, I don't know. I So, like, one of my buddies does it, like, he always sticks it, like, right here. Oh, right his, in the middle? In his upper lip. Yeah, he always looks like he's got, like, you really don't spit. No, you, I swear. so weird. I, dude, I have one in 24 hours a day, pretty much. That's not good. Yeah, I know, but... So you're on a pretty. You drink it's a lot of caffeine. Uh, not much. I mean, a couple cups of coffee in the morning. Yeah, that's about it. Huh. I don't do many energy drinks. Maybe like one a week. Maybe, you know, day before a show or something, I'll have one. But that's something that's changed for me big time. Is uh, energy drinks? Because like, you get nervous to play at all. Uh, depends on the show. Okay, for sure. Okay. Most of the time, no. But like, you know. We've got the opportunity to be on shows like a couple shows like Parker McCollum, and that is just a different level How of many show. Have you done with him? Uh, we've done, I think, just two with him. But that like, one was at Dickies, wasn't it? That one was at Dickies Arena, New Dude, Year's. I bet that was nuts and insane. And it was like, thanks, man. It was like the day before that, or two days before that, we were playing a club show for like ninety people, you know. And then we go and we're opening for Parker. 14,000 people in Dickie's Arena. And the whole time I was just like, <clears throat> you know, trying to build my confidence for the show. And oh, I'm not nervous. I got this. No big deal. And we weren't on ears yet either. We're on wedges. And then step out from behind that curtain and it's horrifying. Really? Terrifying, dude. Where is my nervous heart? It's just how, like. How nervous were you? Or like, were you before it? I wasn't. And then you Because that's the thing. Yeah. I was just psyching myself up. I got this, you know. I've been I've been training for this. This is what I've been trying to do. Then you get out there and it's fourteen thousand people staring at you, and you're just like, "Don't mess up! Don't mess up! Really? Don't mess up!" The whole time I was just telling myself, "Don't mess up." Once I once I got a couple songs in though, and kind of you know got in the groove, it was good. After that, it was a blast. Did you feel it in your voice but for sure? Okay. Oh, even going back and I listen. You're giving. I'm getting anxious now. Yeah, I was listening uh, to people yeah. like that took some videos and stuff of us, and you're just like, oh, and my voice is just. Yeah. yeah first yeah, song, yeah. yeah. So it, stuff it's, like that is. I definitely got a little nervous, but it, I don't know if people fully understand. It's not actually how many people are there is what makes you nervous. It's the fact that they're there for Parker. <clears throat> that too. If all those people difference. were freaking Slade fans, you'd probably be. I mean, sure, you'd have some nerves, but it would be like excitement. Like, For oh my sure. gosh, can you believe all these people are here? But it would yeah. be so much confidence. I mean, if, if all those people are singing the words to your songs, Bro, and yeah, game it's over. no big deal. You get up there, and it's just blank faces oh, as far as you can brutal. see. And it's just, uh -huh. yeah. Or, Definitely or even a little jittery. Like when no. you first start playing... Uh, I know you got huge like immediately right when you started playing, so you totally. probably haven't, you probably haven't yeah. played for as many empty rooms as I have. So, uh, <laughs> But like playing for an empty room is way more nerve-wracking yeah. than, or just like a few people. Than, yeah, like, it's just like three room. people sitting right in front of the stage. Oh. Yeah. or I, I'll tell you, I think maybe the most nervous I've ever been for a show is hometown stuff. Mm-hmm. For like people that you know really well, yep. you really care what they think. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. yeah. Because I mean, it's one thing if it's strangers. You're like, oh, I'm never gonna see this guy again in my life. But yeah. like, you know, people that I grew up with and my teachers from school and my hometown friends and stuff. It's yep. stuff like that's nerve wracking still. But what do you do to like combat it? So <clears throat> Just do it. Because <laughs> I mean, are you like a uh, 
substance. You're not like a, you know, you don't like get drunk or anything. I mean, no, I mean, I not for stuff like, like that, anyways. Yeah. But because uh, a lot of people I talk to, they usually find something. It's like, oh, I'll just get hammered. Yeah. No, it's never been my thing. They either get super high, or they get super drunk. Right. Uh, I've heard about some of them doing uh, beta blockers. What is that? I, I think it's um, like a Xanax. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Right? Yeah, hadn't I think tried a that. Xanax is a beta blocker. Hadn't tried that. Uh, but I've heard <laughs> it might work. I've heard. Well, so I heard they give you uh, uh, like dry mouth, which would suck for singing. Yeah. Um, and then, uh. Like a lot of solo musicians, I've heard about them using it. I've heard a lot of golfers use them too. It slows your heart rate. That makes sense. I'm probably saying a lot of stuff that's inaccurate. I think it's a beta blocker. I think it slows your heart rate. So it just calms you down. But there's a conspiracy (laughs) on, uh, I went down like a YouTube rabbit hole one time uh, on like Tiger Woods. And Mm -hmm. one of the, I think it was maybe a Masters he was in when he was walking towards 17th hole or something Mm -hmm. like that. He like took something from... Maybe it was even the caddy. It looked like he took something. Ah. So people were saying they were thick because he was like coming down the stretch. Xanax or something. I don't know. out for that last one. Something just chill you out. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about some of that stuff because there for a while I was, uh, I, I, I've gone through stretches where like, you know, maybe I, I've, I've never been the type that I like, I get up there, I'm going to be like, like drunk, like sloppy or something. Right. Like I have some, probably a couple too many before I go on. Yeah. And on stage, you know, you have a couple shots or something because people, People buy your buy your shots, yeah. Uh, and like when I would go on stage, I might not be as nervous when I walked up there. But about three or four songs in, you just I don't really feel in control. Yeah, right. See, and I don't I don't like that no, feeling. I would. Panic. I do not like that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And so I've never been one to, you know, get real drunk or high before a show. Yeah, it's not my thing. I just like ninety five percent of the shows we play, I'm like stone sober. Yeah, I was, it's just work. What works best for me? Is, like, has it always been like that? <clears throat> uh, I mean, for the most part, yeah. Right, right, right. Because I think the big thing is I've I've played a handful of shows where I was just I had no business being on stage. You know, sure. I had way too many drinks before the show. Like, you did last time I all day. played a blue light. You did a uh, I don't know what you call it. I mean, you chugged a beer, but see, you did the the. Uh, <laughs> it was your birthday. That was my birthday. That was, that was, and I do appreciate. You I coming. have no recollection of that. Really? Like, oh, you were like we sang together. I, yeah, I saw the video the next day, <laughs> dude. But no recollection of that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, you did. You spun the beer. You spun the, the beer. Whole, did the yeah, beer yeah, tornado? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I think. it was for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, you, you like sprayed but, it. Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I, I've done that a couple times, like when I'm playing the show, and I remember specifically. We, uh, bro, I can't do it. You can't do it. I can't. I told it. you, man, they're strong. And it's kind of, dude, it'll like, I mean, it, it it'll thump you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll say one of the first times I did was an 8 a.m. class. Did you, t- did you do one? Oh my gosh. Trends over there on yeah. planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, but I, I remember specifically we did a show at T Birds and out at, uh, at Melody Mountain. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was me and Steli doing like a co headlining thing out there. And uh, I think we ended the night, <clears throat> but we just had a, a ton of our friends come from all over. He brought up like, you know, 50 or 60 people from College Station, and, and I had all of our friends in the area come out. And so, like, from the time we got there, like noon, we just started drinking, and like all of our yeah. friends were like camped out out there. It wasn't during LJT or anything, it was mm-hmm. just a show. And so, yeah. 
you know, Larry Joe let us set up tents and stuff out there. And, and, uh, I got on stage that night and we're going to the first song <clears throat> and it starts with me just playing a guitar riff and the band comes in and I turn around to the band. I'm like, why are you guys playing so fast? Like y'all are going like twice as fast as we're supposed to be. Are y'all on click? No, okay. this is before we were on ears or on click. Okay. okay. And they're like, no, you are playing <laughs> like so slow. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not good. And I was forgetting words. Oh, and that's the word. Stumbling all over the stage. Oh, really? Oh, it was bad. Work yeah. of art. And actually, Dalton came up to the stage and was like, just make it through one more song and be done. Oh, really? I was like, oh, man, this oh, is not good. Oh, no. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. So I, I've had a couple experiences like that. One at Filthy McNasty's. There's some just some places yeah. you have to do that, you know, but <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't like that feeling of not being in control and mm. and uh, I always wake up the next morning and I'm just like, why did I do that? Yeah. Like I look like such an idiot probably. Yeah. So, yeah, there's I, don't know. I there's, prefer to I prefer to do it sober and and be able to soak in the whole experience, you know. Yeah, it makes you so much more in the moment. For sure. Cuz a lot of this stuff that you know, people do is to avoid feelings in the moment yeah but like the Definitely. whole the whole endeavor of like performing live for people is to be in the moment and to for sure like make people feel things and you feel something and yeah it's like i don't want to block out those feelings exactly exactly like, even if they're like the bad feelings mm -hmm. it's gonna make a good song you know yeah or you i just man the intuition of people is is pretty strong and uh i think we're we're putting out whatever you want to call it, not to be like too uh, ethereal, but like, you know, you're putting out like certain vibes and stuff mm -hmm. and like they can sense when you're not totally there. For sure. And it's probably less believable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just like, I like being in the moment and feeling it. But that that's something I've discovered like in the last, you know, few years. Yeah. Is not trying to avoid it. No, for sure. And I mean, it, it works for some people though. I mean, some people that's what they've built their brand on. Yeah. It's just, you know. I'm get fucked up and go party. And, right. Hey, it's cool. You do you, but that's not my thing, you know. Yeah, we definitely have gone through a stretch here in uh like I guess in the Texas country thing where it, it you know, I it's always been pretty heavy where it's you know, about drinking beer and partying and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it gets to a point that it's like, is this even about music anymore? Right. Yeah. Or is this just like a booze fest? Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. Uh, and I mean I uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it, people eat it up though. Uh -huh. People love it, and uh, you know, it's. I think it's okay to do every now and then, but it's just. You see some of these guys doing it four or five days a week, and I'm like, dude, how do you function? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you function? Can't do that for a long time. No. And I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, they might. You're uh, when they can do it. How long have you like really? When did you put out your first record? Uh, we did that first EP in 2019. Yeah, so it's been it's been quick. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. That's the one that that Kurt helped us out with for sure. Oh. Yeah, we have the mutual buddy out there. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Kurt Reinhardt. Kurt Reinhardt, he's the man. Snyder, Texas, dude. Yeah, farmer got like a thousand kids. I think a thousand, a thousand one. I think he had another one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You just had a kid too. I did. I did. Got a four month old little girl, and that has been the the wildest life change you can imagine because you know i don't know man with with being a full-time musician and 
touring as my main source of income, it's just like made me reevaluate everything. It's like, man, do I really want to be gone this much? Okay. You know, and I love touring. I love playing shows, but it definitely makes you take a step back and, and see the more important things, you know? And I'm going to keep touring and, and doing it because it is my main source of income and I absolutely love doing it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a game changer for sure. And like I was talking about earlier and like tonight I'm, I'm leaving after the show to get back home as soon as possible, you know? So it's awesome though, man. Yeah. It's awesome. What's loving it. Yeah. What, what, like what specifically has it changed for you? Man. So just, I find myself, I find myself missing home a lot more for one or, you know, missing her for sure. And, uh, you know, anytime I've got free time, I'm, I'm calling her FaceTime and, you know, let me see her, how's she doing? And, uh, but I think the main thing has changed is, is when I'm home. Cause when I'm home before, you know, it's like, oh, I've been gone four or five days. You know, I'm going to drink some beer and lay on the couch for three days and not do anything. And now it's like, there's no free time mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's like, you're always, always doing something, always tending something, taking care of her and, but it's been great. It's like the most rewarding, most rewarding thing I've ever done for sure. Has it made you more focused? On certain things, yeah, definitely. And uh, <clears throat> it's definitely given me a reason to, I think, pursue pursue music harder. Because before is like, you know, I'm doing this because this is what I love to do. I'm having fun doing this. And now it's like, shit, I got a family to provide for. Like. Like I've got to do the best I can at this to, yeah. to you know, provide for my family. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it's definitely given me incentive to work harder. It's a, uh, it's changed the style of songs I write. Ooh. That's been a big thing. I feel like because before, uh, I'm a huge heartbreak song guy for whatever reason, and now it's all like, I'm just like writing happy songs and love songs and. It's weird, man. It's been a big change, but but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. How, so do you ha- are you trying to make an effort? Are you resisting writing some of that stuff, or are you leaning into it more? Writing, like, the love songs and stuff? Yeah. Oh, I'm leaning into it 100%. Okay, cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, before, I was, I was already kind of getting burnt out on doing just the sad, sappy, you know, same old song. But, and don't get me wrong, I still write a bunch of those songs. But, you know, I've I've definitely been wanting to to change it up a little bit and, yeah. you know, incorporate some more of those happier feelings into the songs for sure. So we'll see. Yeah, I think I've got some good ones, some good ones ready to go. So we'll see how they do. Yeah, what's like typically your route? Are you writing like all the time or? Now it's just whenever I get a free moment. Yeah, I mean most of the time, like most of the stuff I've written since she's been born, has been either when we're on the road in the hotel room or, you know, when she's asleep and I'm laying in bed, just like thinking through lines, trying to make stuff match up. But yeah, I don't have just a ton of free time to just sit down and and force myself to write anymore. So like any free moment I get, I'm thinking about writing a song. The start of a song, does it kind of just change 
like every time is it different every time or do you have a process see i i don't really have a process for it i don't know about you or, or what yours is but i have several songs where it's based completely around a guitar riff i come up with and then i have other songs that are based off of one line that i think of mm-hmm. midnight or something you know so it's it's never no song is that i've written has ever started the same or it's been i don't think i've ever sat down and said hey i want to write a song about this it's like I'll, I'll have a catchy line hit me or a guitar riff or something and then i'll build the entire rest of the song around that what about you what's, yeah. your, what's your process like it's different every time but i'm i'm very melody driven yeah so like i mean i just you know you're probably the same way i just have mountains of stuff mm. in my phone like on voice memos just like mm. melody ideas and like for me it's just it's really rare that i'm gonna i'm not a super technically proficient like guitar player same. so it's very rare that i would just pick up the instrument and play something i just never have played before yeah so melody but your mind will go places that maybe your hands won't for sure um and so a lot of times if I just let my mind chase down a melody, then when I try to put some like chord arrangements to it, uh, it'll be something really unique that I'm, I just like, wow, okay, I never would have done that before. Interesting. But it is kind of different so, every time. That's what's fun about it is it's so different every time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if I've ever written a song like that, just like thought of a melody and then based a song around that. Really? Yeah. It's usually, I'll usually get a chord structure first or, or the line itself and then put the music to that. Okay, but uh, but even when you come up with a lyric, like maybe like the hook to a song or something, right? That doesn't naturally, like even sometimes when I say the hook, it sort of has like a cadence it to it. My, I, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you naturally kind of want to sing it in a certain way, for sure. And I can see that, but like, I don't ever imagine a melody without the words to it. You see what I'm saying? Oh, just humming a melody. Just humming a melody and then putting music, like putting chords and words to that. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever written a song like that. Might have to try that. It's pretty cool. Well, I get, yeah, I guess I am like probably singing vowels and stuff, like yeah. Ugu Gaga type stuff. Yeah, for sure. So it always has a little and bit. I, well, I am not a great guitar player by any means either. But that is something I have been working on because, you know, I... I uh, ditched the acoustic last year, I think, and so I've just been playing rhythm electric on stage full time. Really? And uh, yeah, and it definitely changes up the way I play, and and uh, has made me want to become a better guitar player, so I don't look like an idiot. Sure. And uh, so I've been I've been working on solos and stuff, trying to write yeah. solos and play solos. Yeah. And I did. Using your voice for that, I think, is like the biggest tool. 100%. So you sit down and you can hum a solo and then figure out the notes to match it. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Well, that's the exact same way of like writing a song. Yeah. Just hum, much. like sing that melody. Which is weird that I've never used that approach for writing a song, but for writing a solo. Yeah. Because you will, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. Because it'll make you, it'll just make you play something that you wouldn't, you would normally be so limited. For sure. By what you're going to play. Dude, and that's another thing too. It's, I feel like the more you learn how to write a song and how to play guitar, the harder it is to write a song. You know what I mean? Because like when I first started, like with the songs on the EP and stuff, it was, oh, I know four chords. 
I'm going to write some songs with these four chords. Now it's like I've learned, I've learned, you know, what chords are in a key and, you know, all these different changes. And it's like, oh, I could do this or I could do this or I could do this. Oh, so like There's having so many more yeah. options. It's yeah. like, how do you, I don't know how to narrow it down now. Because before it was like, oh, I only know how to do this. So I'm going to do that. It was easier you know? with the simplicity. For sure. So how do you feel about a lot of your early stuff you wrote? Do you still like really, really like it or? Some of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of it. Some of it I, you know, you get burnt out on once you play a song 5,000 times. And uh, especially if it's, you know, a song with three chords in it. Man, kind of want to play something fun. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I feel like that was the most, I don't know. I felt like those had the, the strongest message almost because like I, I was limited by what I could do on a guitar. So it was all just, what can I do with the lyrics? You know? Yeah. What can I do with the message of it? Now it's just like, there's, now that I know more, it's, there's so many options and, and with social media, like we were talking about earlier and and listening to all these different styles and all these different artists and trying to incorporate all these different things. It's it's easy to just get lost in it and, and not know where to go. So I've, I've been in like a huge writer's block. Uh, I, I'm like just now getting out of it, but for like six months, I could not, I couldn't write a line almost. Hmm. I don't know what it was, but, but uh, you know, I just sit down and just play with the guitar for hours and just never write anything to it. I don't know if you ever get that, but... I guess it's... I write so much so often. Yeah. But I don't try to write a song. That's a good approach to it, I think. I think the yeah. pressure is what creates the block. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't... I'm just writing down something that means something to me. Right. And it doesn't have to fit into something right now. Yeah. And so, like, later on, if I find a cool melody or a cool chord progression, I just refer back to that, some of that stuff I wrote. And I then got you. maybe can it, and then I still might not even use it, but right. it inspires something else in, like, the next song. I don't know. I mean, it feels like if I, if I stop doing it, though, it's kind of like a muscle that you have to constantly work at. For sure. And if I shut it down, it's going to, you know, I'm not going to be as fertile. That's a weird word to use, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know. I think... Man, it's hard not to, not to get complacent too. Cause like with the with the record we put out, you know, eight or nine months ago, it's like it was like a year and a half went into, you know, writing those songs and and getting in the studio and recording and everything before release. And it was like this year and a half of build up and work into it. And it's like we finally put it out and it was like, oh, I can just relax now. I'm gonna take a month or two off, you know. Then you do, you do a month or two without writing anything or trying to write anything and you come back and it's like, man, you almost forget how to do it. You like lose the groove of things, I feel like. And then I get sucked back into the loop of basically writing the same songs I've already written, you know? So I don't know, but I've been, I've been writing a lot more recently and trying to kind of break that mold and especially with having the kid and, and my life changing so much. It's, it's opened a lot of doors for different uh, different writing styles and different directions to go for sure. So yeah, what would your next music like? What you said, kind of more love song type stuff, but would it be musically pretty similar to what you've done? Uh, yes and no. 
Uh, that being said, I don't, I haven't got with the band to rehearse in these new songs or, you know, work out all the real music behind it. But, uh, I think it'll be, you know, fairly similar to the stuff we've done. <laughs> Just cause like we talked about earlier, I, when I go record, I take the whole band with me and we go record, you know, as our band and each guy has their own individual style that kind of contributes to our sound. And so I don't think our overall sound will change too much, but definitely I think the message behind some of it and, uh, and yeah, just the feel behind some of it. I'm kind of burnt out on doing the, the sad feeling sorry for myself songs, you know what I mm -hmm. mean? And so, I don't know. We'll see how it goes once we get in the studio and, and lay the songs down. But I'm excited to definitely incorporate some some happier stuff into our music. Yeah, you had mentioned to me that in previous recording scenarios, you, you're like writing those songs like on the way to the studio. I'm sure my band has been pissed off at me. Yeah, that terrifies me. For that. But yeah, and a lot of it was sometimes sometimes deadlines like you were talking about the the pressure causes the block mm -hmm. but sometimes it creates the songs too because oh. it's like oh i have two days to finish this song because we would book studio time you know three months ahead and i'm a horrible procrastinator i'm like oh i've got three months to finish this song that's no big deal and then I'd look up and it's like, oh shit, it's a week till we go into the studio and I don't mm. have this song finished yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah, the the band would just be learning the song in the studio, and which is great because we worked with Serato and stuff and he's a magician and uh, you know would give us recommendations and stuff, what to do, what direction to go. And so it worked out, but that is a position I don't want to put myself or the band in anymore you know because it's definitely stressful yeah because like i'm paying a lot of money for the studio time yeah dude why am i doing this to myself mm -hmm. you know i should have had these songs you know ready and rehearsed and so that's another thing i'm working on but uh yeah we'll see uh when did you actually start playing so that's a good question so growing up uh i mean i remember being real young like you know, probably seven or eight, and my dad teaching me chords, you know, GCD on a guitar. And uh, I just didn't have interest in it yet or the attention span to have interest in it. Uh, but my dad played to us, you know, growing up and would sing songs to us. And uh, when I turned, I think I was 16, and uh, I started, you know, playing my dad's guitar and learning some songs and... uh. I've got a huge family, six sisters and a brother. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, and we're all spread out ages. So I got two sisters that are twins. They're five years older than me. And uh, they would sing a lot. My sister Kelsey is an incredible singer. And uh, it started out me playing songs while she would sing. I'd play guitar and she would sing. And, you know, we'd just make little videos and stuff. And then it got to... I would sing backup for her and uh we'd sing do a couple duets here and there and and uh I I just really really started to enjoy it and uh so I started writing songs like just 
just before I graduated high school, I started writing songs. And uh, <clears throat> got up to school, Texas Tech, went for my freshman orientation. And uh, you know Grant Gilbert? Mm -hmm. His little brother was my roommate in freshman orientation. And I was just getting into music, and he's like, hey, my brother has a band, yada, yada, yada. It just kind of clicks. We became great friends. I went on the road selling merch for Grant for like a year, year and a half. Mm. And uh, this whole time I was writing songs and stuff and playing little local gigs for beer money on the weekends, basically. And uh, I was going to engineering school at the time and hated it. And uh, I just made the decision. I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna change my major. I'm going to go to business school. I'm going to really focus on, I'm going to try to get a band together. You know, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do the damn thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, worked on that all throughout college, writing songs and recorded the EP. And it just so worked out that right as I graduated college, I was, you know, full-time on the road pretty much. So, Did you drop out? No, finished. Got my Oh, degree. really? Trying to drop out. Ah. Mom was not happy. <laughs> but yeah, I got my degree. Good old business marketing degree. And uh, yeah, my diploma's in the, the back pocket of the seat in my truck to this day. Yeah, so, and you've used it a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah, that marketing thing. I actually thing. talked to Jamie at Blue Light about hanging it up behind the bar. There you go. <laughs> yeah, this is where it gets you. My office. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, Lubbock is a wild place for music. It's like one of my favorite places to go play. It's such a hot spot, man, for whatever reason. I guess because there's nothing else to do there, and it's so far away from everything. But the music scene there is incredible. It really is. I, th I it's, it's one of the best in Texas by, like, by far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, with Blue Light being there, it was. it's like the songwriter's venue, you know? Yeah. And with them doing songwriter night and so many musicians coming out of there, it's, it's, I'm super thankful I decided to go up to Lubbock for school and I, I kind of just fell into it, you know. It wasn't something I'd ever was intending to do full time, really. Like, like I said, I was going to engineering school. I was, my plan was to, you know, get my mechanical engineering degree and, you know, go work in an office somewhere and make a bunch of money and, but then you started playing music, and I was like, this is way more fun. Yeah. So, and it all worked out, so it's been good, man. Yeah, I always, a lot of people dog on the whole streaming thing, like there's no money in it, but, mm -hmm. I mean, it's changed my life. and uh, For sure. It's interesting for indie artists, a lot of us, like, love streaming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, you put out your first thing and sort of just rocketed it up. Yeah, man. And I mean, a bunch of people like, you know, scoff at it, but it's like, I remember when I was first starting to get those, the streaming checks in and it wasn't much, but I mean, to a broke college kid who's eating ramen noodles every night, it's like, I got like a $300 check this month. Totally. Like that's life changing. Yeah. And you know, that was just more incentive to keep writing songs and keep doing it, you know? Definitely. But I, I think it's awesome, man. Seems like it's the growth a, on it has changed though like there was a window of time where like and still you can you know there's people that really blow up but like even when I first started putting some stuff out like the the run there was like a quicker run that I had and now it's like <clears throat> like I knew if I put out some music I would have a certain amount of growth mm -hmm. and now it doesn't seem quite as easy to grow 
Yeah, I can see that. It's just, it's so unpredictable, man. Yeah. So unpredictable. And I've said this a thousand times too. It's, you never know who's going to take off, especially now with TikTok and all the social media and stuff. You'll have the most talented person you've ever seen, you know, go and sell 10 tickets to a show because they have no social media following or anything. And then you'll see a band that's just like, cannot keep it together, can't stay in time, can't stay in tune. And But they have this huge social media following and they'll be selling 500 tickets a night. And it's like, it's, it's so unpredictable. It is the freaking Spotify monthly listeners thing. Yeah. Yeah. It drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Like I get it that it's a, it's a decent metric for like how somebody's probably doing, but Seems like a lot of people are like addicted to the idea of this like Spotify monthly listeners and uh and it just doesn't tell the full story. Not even close. Cause there's some like there's some big touring bands that are crushing it. Yeah. And they don't like have that many No. But there's a lot of other music on the internet other than Spotify. For sure. Like you got Apple and you got For sure. YouTube and you got yeah, which are serve, like streaming services mm-hmm. that are just as big, mm-hmm. you know? But for whatever reason, Spotify is just that, is the metric that everybody wants to use for some reason. Why do you, but you're right. Why it doesn't, is it, yeah, why, I guess just because it's the biggest streaming service. I guess. And they're you're the right, only ones that have put the listener count on there. Yeah. I'll have people that text me and they're like, man, you went up 10,000. And it's like, what? Really? I like sold the same amount of tickets this week. If it goes down <laughs> down ten thousand, are you gonna be like, Oh man, he's falling off? Right. Like, what? Come on. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh it's a weird thing. Like you said, it doesn't it means something and it's and it's good to to be able to somewhat keep up with mm-hmm. progress or or whatever you want to call it, but it does not tell the full story by any means. It's, Does it like psychologically have an effect? Some of those numbers, like I mean, social media numbers, yeah, YouTube, Spotify, yeah, it does on me. It does for sure, yeah, because that's something I I I want to be the guy that doesn't care sure. about any of that, you know. But with as like they go hand in hand now, the music business and social media. It's like, it's such a big part of what I do now that it's hard not to care about, you know, seeing your numbers drop a few thousand or, but like you said, that sometimes it doesn't mean anything, but you know, it's not something you like to see. I know it's like, and it's a vicious little thing where it can allow like some doubt to creep in for sure. And they're like kind of arbitrary numbers. Cause yeah. like when you're, when you're dealing with numbers that you are, it's like you you drop a couple thousand monthly listeners and stuff like in the grand scheme of it, not a big deal at all. Right. But it still just pokes at you. For sure. And it's like you just got to, you have to be, to see those numbers keep growing, you have to be constantly putting out music, mm. which is something I've been trying to do, but it's tough, man. <laughs> Unless you own your own studio and yeah. are able to just be, you know, recording nonstop. It's or have the money to be paying for studio time nonstop. Right. Yeah. It's hard. But but yeah, I think it definitely does have a little bit of 
psychological impact on you. Yeah, we had talked about this a little while ago about because you played sports growing up. Mm-hmm. And I did too. I was like always in very competitive environments. And uh, the thing that attracted me so much to music was the fact that I could just sit around with my buddies and play the guitar and sing and just be in the moment and feel something, just feel good and enjoy it. Uh, but there was not a competitive element. Even if you were sitting around playing and like one of your buddies shreds a solo, he's a way better guitar player than mm-hmm. you. When you're sitting around with everybody, you can watch him do it and just enjoy it. Yeah. It, it's never a moment of, uh, oh, damn, like, I wish I could do that. Or like, man, that's, you know, that's bullshit that he can do that. You, right. You would never think that. Like no. when you're just jamming with your buddies, it's great. It's saying, like, I, I am saying I wish I could do that, but well, it's right, like I'm right. mad at him for being exactly, able to do that. Exactly. Know? And then, so, but I guess it comes with the territory of it being a business, which yeah. sucks, but it's necessary. Mm-hmm. But I've always resisted the competitive nature to it because this stuff is not like, it's not winning and losing, and there's not a right way to do it. There's not a wrong way. It's a song. It's right. like how even the idea, there's certain types of music that I really don't like, but for me to make the statement, that music sucks. Man, that's, that's that you know, how does anybody like that? That is like yeah. useless energy. And who am I to say? If people like it, people like it. Right. I don't have to listen to it, but it's not really up for me to decide whether it's good or not. It's freaking sure. music. Like, there's no sure. objective standard I can... And, like, especially in, like, in our scene, it's like, I... People have horror stories about, you know, the bands they're open for being assholes and stuff, but it's like, just about every single person we've ever played with has been, like, the coolest dude. Pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it's been great to us. And, you know, I consider myself friends with, like, all these bands in our scene now. And like see one of them pop off and you know have a song that that goes crazy that makes me excited for them. Yeah, you know, and it's like here. Let me whether they're you. whether they're passing us up or not. Like I'm excited for them. Yes. Do I want to be in their shoes? Yeah, maybe. But, sure. But I'm not gonna, you know, diss them for being successful. So we're all trying to do. You know. I know, but it is like a weird human, natural human psychology where it's like, wow. I know why it's so frustrating like why why is that our like default position I don't know man it's almost like you have to really be aware of it and actively fight against it yeah and then once you do I I started doing a uh, um a thing I guess about a year ago where you know if I'm just on something and I see somebody that it could potentially be music that I don't like or somebody that just kind of blows up and has a lot of success or something. Yeah. And if I have even remotely that feeling of, I call it what it is, is jealousy or envy. Yeah. My grandpa sure. called it Jeg's disease, jealousy, envy, and greed. <laughs> uh, if I even get that r- at all, I'll send him a message on uh, Instagram or something. Really? And I'll just be like, hey, just congrats on everything going on. And it's incredible how instantly it like reframes my mind and now I'm like on their team almost. Yeah. And it sounds kind of petty and stupid and, and I'm not being insincere because I know how difficult this is. For sure. I know firsthand. It's insane. For sure. That's just the thing. So break you out of that. Yeah. And it's amazing that like, I just, I'll do that. And most, it's kind of funny too, because like a lot of them don't even like respond, which I also find to be bizarre. Cause like if somebody sends that to me, I'm like, wow, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but that's a separate thing. Uh, 
But it's amazing how then when I see them pop up again or whatever, they sell out a show or something, I'm like, yeah, good on you, dude. Good job. But yeah. it totally reframes my mind. For sure. Which is exciting. Yeah. And one thing that I think changed it for me was, uh, I'm going to do a little name drop in here. I got my boots on. I went up to, <clears throat> with Zach Bryan. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, actually. So, you know, when he was first starting to pop off, I was already kind of involved in the scene and stuff. And, you know, already hearing people's jealousy. Yeah. Oh, why is this dude popular? Yeah, yeah, what? And, you know, and then... Still happening. Yeah, still happening. <laughs> and then he, uh, I I was kind of dissociated from it. Yeah, whatever. I didn't know anything about the guy. And then he sent me that message on Instagram. I'm talking about how much he loved my song. He's like, dude, I'm, I want to fly you up to Seattle. Come stay with me. Let's shoot some videos together. Yeah, absolutely. And I go up there, and he is just the most like down to earth, normal guy you've ever met. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like lost on him, you know what's what was happening. I was like, like, do you realize what's going on? He's like, yeah, man, this is insane. He's like, I've never played a show. He's like, I've got people sending me hate mail every day because I haven't been busting my ass in bars for ten years. Gross. You know, he's like, I I didn't mean for this to happen. It's like, I just put some videos on Twitter. I know, and, yeah. You know, now I'm going to record with Dave Cobb next week. Yeah. It's, like, it's insane. And I was like, well, you know, what What reason would I have to be upset at him for that? I know. Like, especially when he's doing this for me now. Yeah. You know, it's... It's cool that he would weird. do that because it's... Yeah. It, there, there's the issue of, like, looking up and trying to... Oh, they don't deserve that. There's that issue. But then there's another side of it, too, where when guys are at the top, they get yeah. a little bit protective of it. Yeah. And they don't want... I'll tell you this. Just recently, uh, I had the first guy ever to um, message me and ask me to like come play a show with him. Really? Like open a show for him. I've never had anybody ask me to do it. Not one time. Really? Never. Yeah, it was John Bauman. He he messaged me. You probably actually yeah. know John. Yeah, he messaged me and was like, uh, "You want to come? We should play a show together. You want to come play a show?" And I was just like, "Dude, it made my day." Like, yeah, it's never happened. And I, I was like, "Man, you have no idea what that means that you would even, yeah, just say like, hey, like spread the love around. You're doing well. Like, no, that's that's cool as hell to me. So, but like, there's so there's another side of that where some guys like get really protective of what they have going on and they don't want to help anybody else for sure. Like, below them I guess if you want to call it that so that's dope that Zach would be that way or dude and Parker is freaking Parker is great about it it's unbelievable it's so cool throwing us on those shows that we had no business being on he does it a little man he'll just shout out somebody's song or like just bring people on the road or that's cool I think that is yeah that is the coolest way to be because he dealt he dealt with do you know Tyler his brother I don't he lives here in Fort Worth you need to meet him he's a he's a cool kid we've written a couple actually I just put out uh, that new record I just put out, I have a song on there that I co-wrote with him. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing. He's like a killer writer. Um, but uh, I think Parker dealt with, early on, he dealt with a lot of that stuff where people talk trash about him and didn't really want to help him a whole lot. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, well, you know, he's good looking and he like has it all going on. Yeah. So they kind of like resisted him a little bit until he blows up and then everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. That's the way he goes, man. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's great about it. I mean, 
like he's shouted us out on social media a couple times. I was like, what? Yeah. What is going on? Yeah. And like, it's great. He knows because he, you know, he came up organically. He wasn't just one of those overnight, you know, blow up stars. Not even close. And so he, he, he knows the struggle of it, you know, and knows how much even just that one little tweet can do for somebody, you know? Yep. And I think it's so cool to see those guys, you know, still supporting the little guys out here. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty well tired of everybody talking about a community and like we're all in this together and then behind closed doors and not a lot of people actually act like that. For sure. I'm kinda over it. (laughs) To be I get it honest. I get it. It's like I I love the Texas format and uh I love the genre that we're in. Um, it's probably not isolated. I know it's not isolated to Texas. It's just the industry stuff that makes it weird, and it makes us like we're all pitted against each other, which I find yeah. to be bizarre, which is why I'm also super excited about uh, playing out in Lubbock. We're doing that. Is it a festival? I guess? It's two it's days, isn't it? Yeah, three days. And you're putting it on. Three days, yeah. Along with everything else Big you're doing. Big damn family jam. Where is it? I don't even know where it's actually at. It's at Blue Light. Oh, it is at Blue yeah. Light. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, so first night's going to be inside, and then Saturday and Sunday are going to be a street show. Uh, well, Friday's inside? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Friday's inside, Saturday, Sunday are in the street. Oh, so I'm outside? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Wow, first time. Dude, the street shows are the move. I know. Street shows are so much. I, I saw some man. video of the one that y'all did recently. Yeah, the one last year. Yeah, it was the first one we put out in the it street. It was pretty popping. Man, it's so fun. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. So much fun. Who who all is? I know uh, Braxton's playing. Yeah, we got Braxton. Drop you, Drop Tons. Drop Tons. Parker Ryan. Uh, a Treaty Oak revival. Jake oh, I didn't Stanley. know Treaty Oak was on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. they're headlining Sunday night. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a good move. Yeah. Those dudes are great, man. I don't know them. Oh, I've never met them. Dude, they're great. Come out of Odessa. Okay. Which is wild because there's like no bands come out of Midland, Odessa. Yeah. You know, and then I first, I had some, one of their songs come up on just some random playlist I was listening to one day. And this was like two years ago or something, like right when they first started dropping music and, you know, nobody had heard from them or, and I was already a fan. Like I was, I was jamming. I think it was uh, their song "Miss Call." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's a jam. Yeah, jam. I was playing all the time. Didn't know anything about the guys. And the next thing you know, you know, we had, we played a couple shows with them, and then, and and met them, and they're just like the nicest, most down to earth dudes, and a bunch of West Texas boys, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're great, man. Great. So it's another band. I'm just like super excited to see yeah. though successful they're getting they're on a rocket ship right yeah now. they are they're crushing it yeah so it's treaty oak and then who, who and then parker ryan. dude parker ryan dude. first time i was around him i was blown away that dude i've known parker for two or three years now and he's a really good guitar player stupid good guitar yeah. player and songwriter too yep killer voice i like it. he's really really good dude and like when i was first playing shows with him he was like I think he had just turned 20, maybe. Mm. He's either 19 or 20. And was, you know, playing these crazy, intricate guitar riffs and soulful lyrics and stuff. And I was like, who is this dude? And now he's he's starting to get some traction. And I think when people, you know, find out about him, I think he's going to take off. 
Yeah. Because Parker is, he's legitimately one of the most talented dudes I know. I only hung around him one night and he played a couple songs. And he, it was unreal. Yeah. He's, he's so good. Great, man. Yeah. Him and, and Jordan Nix, too. I don't know if you... Jordan Nix is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I re- yeah Jordan's really good. Uh, I saw him recently in Stephenville. Yeah. Uh, I met him for the first time, I think, in College Station. Dude, it's, it's but I think he was like, it was like at 3 a.m. or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. Like, they're, they're two of my best friends, so I'm, I'm a little biased, I'm sure, but yeah. like, especially when they're doing duo stuff together, they'll play acoustic sets together and just riff off each other and hit harmonies with each other and never miss a beat, either one of them. Never Jordan, did Jordan just put out a new song? Yeah. I think he did. Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rad. Shout out to Jordan Nix. Shout out Jordan Nix, man. Yeah, heck yeah. yeah. Him and Parker just dropped some music here recently. But yeah, those dudes are great, man. Great dudes. Yeah. And we're all kind of in the whole honcho thing together, so. Okay. I get to spend a lot of time with those guys. Yeah. So, what what's the plan on like some new music coming out? When what, is there like any sort of timeline? So I've got probably a couple months. We'll have the live album coming out. Oh, the, okay. Did a live album at Blue Light in, I think it was in April. It was uh, the weekend after I had a baby. Whoa. Yeah, so we literally literally went and had the baby and uh, brought her home the next day. I think that night I went to rehearsal. It was like we rehearsed all week long before the live album. I bet that went over well. Yeah, I was like, hey, babe, sorry, I got to. I really got to go do this though, like, but no, it it worked out great. And, uh, so y'all are putting that out when we're still, uh, I think we still have one more studio session to go back and buckle up a couple yeah, sour notes and stuff. But, uh, so probably a couple months and it'll be out. <laughs> yeah. I hear you on that. Timelines yeah, are a night for sure. Man, I don't know if people fully understand the whole like independent artist thing yeah uh because like people at our level get compared pretty often to maybe like a parker where it's like Mm -hmm. you know the guys at that level you have major labels involved you have multiple booking agents you have management companies like there's a lot of moving parts to make things happen even just like with booking shows you know people send stuff to me on social media where it's like well, why don't you play here? Like, man, you need to get out here. And it's like, man, you, yeah, I would love to. I would <laughs> yeah. love to. But like, me and like one other guy are like, pull, like trying to make all this happen. Yeah, you know, like there's not really like a team of people doing sure. this whole thing. And there's a big difference between a being an indie artist like us and then having all of those moving parts to make stuff happen for you. And like even just putting out a record, it's like I I love to say like, man, I got new music coming out next month, but when the graphic designer doesn't get you the artwork in time and then the, the mixing, something happened there and the mastering, the engineer can't get to it until mm-hmm. later than he told you it was going to. And it's like, it's stuff just gets something. delayed. and Always, always, always. But at the in the same token, because we have our hands on everything, every like the, art, the album artwork, mm-hmm. like we're so involved in every aspect of it. Like I do think sometimes the independent artist 
work is maybe a little bit more artful and maybe like more of a true representation of themselves yeah. because they're involved in every aspect For of sure. it. It's not just a media machine pumping out right. all this content. And, yeah. But it's not quite as efficient. Yes, yeah. stuff no, just goes not wrong. At all. Yeah, you know. Not at all. Yeah. And man, I like starting out, I am like so thankful now to we're at a point where we have somebody else booking shows for us. Oh, oh. That was the biggest game changer. Yeah. Because before, like when we first got the band together and, you know, playing sets for 200 bucks every weekend. And it was like, I was literally cold calling businesses or restaurants. Hey, can we please come set up on the back patio? It's like, sometimes they say yes, sometimes they'd say no. It's, 100%. And you're living off tips half the time and stuff. And so... To finally now have, you know, a little bit of traction and just a little bit of room to breathe. And it's like, oh, okay. We for sure have this show booked. Yeah. Like, it's it's nice. Totally. It's nice. Yeah, like when you but first have, you have those first shows roll in that you didn't have to book. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Incredible. Yeah, it's the best <laughs> feeling. It's like, I made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hell yeah, man. Well, you're playing tonight. Uh, that Mags, I'm going to go over there and watch you play. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm excited. And then see the new September 4th. First, second, and third. First, second, third. Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Blue Light Live. Hell yeah. Big damn family champ. Yep. Well, here's to the indie artists, man. Absolutely, man. Let's keep doing it. Sounds good. See y'all in September. Adios. <laughs>